Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Practical Daily Living in a Non-Christian World, a study through James and 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. During this study, we will strive for spiritual growth by applying biblical principles in our daily walk with the Lord. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Spring 2024 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for March 3rd, 2024 is entitled, A Living Faith in Trials and Temptations. It comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, verse 12 through 16, and verses 22 through 25. The key verse, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. The application, the student will conclude that the trials he will face are used by the Lord to help him grow to spiritual maturity. Seeking the Context Dr. Roger Copeland wrote a book published in 2008 entitled, Real Faith Studies in the Book of James, and I think this is a fitting title for the Book of James, Real Faith. This book is available at bogardpress.org. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, James determined to explain to his scattered Jewish audience what it meant to have real faith because genuine faith is the core of Christianity. We are saved by faith to live by faith, Romans chapter 1 verse 17. James was written early in New Testament history, approximately 45 AD, and was the first book of the New Testament. It was written at a time when there was serious questions about what constituted saving faith. While some were arguing over whether salvation was available to the Gentiles, Acts chapter 11 verses 1 through 18, others were insisting that circumcision and keeping the law of Moses were necessary for salvation, Acts chapter 15, verse 1 and 5. While the Jerusalem Council of Acts 15 occurred after James was written, the seed of this false doctrine had been planted much earlier. James wanted to bring clarity to the issue of saving faith and what it means to live by faith. For ages, the relationship between faith and works, as it relates to salvation, has been in question. Are we saved by faith alone? or faith plus good works. Must believers exhibit good works to prove that they are genuinely saved? What is the role of faith? What is the role of good works? While some turn to the grace of God into lasciviousness, immorality, by neglecting instructions on good works, Jude 4. Others promote legalism, claiming that we are saved by good works and not by faith, Luke chapter 16 and verse 15. James answered these questions and more, and they were not trivial questions. The question of salvation is the most important question of all. So as we study the book of James, we should ask ourselves the question, do I have real faith? Can you explain the relationship of faith and good works as they relate to salvation? Searching the text. Number one, understanding trials. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and verses 12 through 16. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. When James wrote of temptation, James chapter 1 and verse 2, what he meant was trials. The greatest test of our faith is facing trials. The question of why the righteous suffer has been asked for ages. Job is the epitome of that question, and he wondered why he suffered, Job 9. The writer of Psalm 73 wondered why he suffered while the wicked prospered, and Jeremiah asked the same question, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1. Either you or someone you know has struggled with why trials have come. James answered the question for his audience who had been scattered by persecution. Some of James' readers were those men and women of Acts chapter 8 and verse 4 who had been scattered by the persecution upon the Jerusalem church led by Saul before his conversion. In obedience to God, they went everywhere preaching the gospel, but persecution only grew worse, and they wondered why. James did not immediately answer the why question, and sometimes it is unanswerable. But we have been told that when we live in faithful obedience to Christ, we can expect to suffer as he did. John chapter 15 and verse 20. When we strive to live godly lives, we will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. So facing trials as Christians is not an anomaly. It is the norm. James was the half-brother of Jesus and saw firsthand how Jesus suffered. He probably wondered why. But when Jesus appeared to him after the resurrection, his questions disappeared. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 7. It is not answers, but faith that will get us through the suffering of our trials. James told us to find joy in all our trials, knowing what will be produced in us. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Our faith will grow stronger by enduring trials. The often stated maxim, a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted, applies here. The testing of our faith produces patience or endurance. Verse 3. As we go through trials, we come out on the other side stronger and better able to face the next trial. As a result, we become better equipped to help others in their trials. Verse 4 describes a spiritually mature person whose faith has been refined by the fires of persecution. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. James told us that we are blessed when we endure trials. James chapter 1 and verse 12. Jesus told us this in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Our reward shall be great in heaven. And Paul wrote, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It is difficult to be heavenly minded when we live on earth, and the current age of immediate gratification works against suffering with patience. 
but we find a level of joy and blessedness that can only be found through patiently enduring the trials of our faith. James further explained another common mistake when it comes to trials. It is that God meant it for evil. James chapter 1 verse 13. It is acceptable to ask God why, because Jesus did as much on the cross. Matthew chapter 27 verse 46. But to blame God is a completely different issue. God's purpose in trials is to strengthen our faith, and he never tempts us to sin. God is always faithful to us and will not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability, and he will always provide a way of escape. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It has often been said, we are our own worst enemies. We must blame ourselves when we sin. We did not choose God's way of escape, but instead followed our lust. We are trapped or enticed by our own desire to sin. God never tempts us or causes us to sin. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. God's purpose was not to tempt Jesus to sin, but to provide him the opportunity to defeat the devil's temptation. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Therefore, Jesus is our example of how to defeat the devil. How have trials strengthened your faith? Number two, living wisely. James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. King Solomon is an excellent example of seeking godly wisdom. When the Lord told Solomon to ask for anything, it would be given him. He asked for wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 5 through 9. The Lord was very pleased with Solomon because he asked for wisdom instead of a long life, riches or victory over his enemies, and made him the wisest of all men. But more, the Lord also gave him what he had not asked for, riches and honor. Thus it was said of Solomon, and King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 22. We never know all that God might give us if we would just ask him for wisdom. The wisdom that we must seek is the wisdom that comes from God. James chapter 1, verse 5. James later described this wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. James chapter 3, verse 17. The person who is wise will show, out of a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. Verse 13. The prophet Hosea asked, Who is wise? And answered his own question. It is the person who knows that the Lord's ways are right and walks in them. Hosea chapter 14, verse 9. But there is also a wisdom that is of the world. James describes it. But if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. 
James chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. This is the wisdom that God calls foolishness, and the wisdom by which the world refuses to know God and to accept His salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. So are we fools, or are we wise? God promised to give us wisdom when we seek it by faith. James chapter 1 and verse 6. He will give us wisdom liberally or freely, as he gives us everything else. He will not rebuke us, unbraideth not, for asking, because he wants us to ask and wants to give. But we read here that God will not give it if we do not ask, and God will not give unless we ask in faith. We must believe that God is the source of true wisdom and ask. When is the last time you asked God for wisdom? Doubtful asking is doubting God. God does not give wisdom to those who doubt him. Such a person is described as a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Verse 8. This is a person who lacks total devotion to God and therefore is unstable. He is uncertain if wisdom comes from God or from the world. We might call him a fence straddler. Instead of following God's instructions for wise living, he often depends on his own thinking or the popular opinion of the world on how to live. He is a fool because he does not have God's wisdom because he does not ask in faith. Does this describe us? How do you think your life might be changed if you ask God for wisdom? Number three, doers of the word. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goes his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. It is important that we hear the word of God, and this means that we need to study it ourselves, attend Bible study classes, and listen to the preacher's sermons. But we deceive ourselves into thinking we please God when we give the preacher a lot of amens, but neglect to do what the sermon exhorts. We also deceive ourselves by thinking that a lot of Bible knowledge in our heads substitutes for faithful living what the Bible teaches. Jesus did not only say in the Great Commission, teaching them, he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. To observe means to obey his commandments. The forgetful hearer is compared to one who looks in a mirror seeing the many imperfections of his appearance and yet does nothing about it. Maybe his hair needs combing or his face needs a good washing, but he forgets it and goes on about his day. This illustrates the person who refuses to respond correctly to the conviction or leadership of the Word of God. Governor Felix was such a man to whom Paul preached in Acts 24. Felix had an understanding of Jesus Christ and Christianity, and Paul preached to him and his wife about faith in Christ, 
Acts chapter 24, verses 22 and 24. As Felix listened, he trembled under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and saw himself clearly in the mirror of God's word. But sadly, Felix was a forgetful hearer and said to Paul, Go thy way for this time, and when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Verse 25. In further reading, we learn that Felix was more interested in obtaining a bribe from Paul for his release from prison than obtaining salvation by placing his faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 26. As far as we know, Felix is in hell today because he was a forgetful hearer. But in stark contrast is the one described in James chapter 1 verse 25. He carefully looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is the entire word of God, continues in it, is not a forgetful hearer, but does what God's word says to do. This person will be blessed. Are you a forgetful hearer? Setting the application. There is a connection among all that we have studied in this lesson. We all face trials of some sort for which we need God's wisdom to endure. That wisdom comes from constantly asking God for it and consistently studying God's word to find it. Once God gives us his wisdom, we are to be faithful to do what his word tells us to do. So how do you face your troubles and trials? Do you turn to God first for help? Or do you look within yourself to find your inner strength to cope? Do you go to the local bookstore seeking the latest book from celebrity life coaches? Or do you turn to the Word of God and dig within its pages and find God's wisdom? James chapter 1 and verse 4 of our Bible passage talks of joy. Verse 12 speaks of being blessed. And verse 25 tells of blessed deeds. The reason that so many today lack the joy and blessings of the Lord is because they do not turn to Him in faith. Disobedient children of God have no joy or blessing because they do not seek God for it. The lost have no joy or blessing because they have no life. Do you have joy and blessing from the Lord? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from James in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all the ministry resources you'll need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.